Steve Balkington. I can't... Hi, Dave. <laughs> so, look, I, I don't want us to get off track at the start. <laughs> That's all our conversations are, are just permanently off track. No, 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 look, look, I'm sure that there's some structure about, about what we have to discuss today. <laughs> yes. But, but just, just before we do, okay, mm. there are some parallels between you and someone who's pretty prominent in Australian public life. Yes. Born in New South Wales. Mm. Moves to Queensland. Yes. Becomes a Queenslander at State of Origin time. Yes. Completely leaving behind where he's actually born. Mm. So, Stephen Mock, I need to ask, are you secretly a New Zealand citizen like Barnaby Joyce? <laughs> what a debacle. And it's continuing to spin out of control. Like, Steve, I'm seeing... Steve, 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 it's not that I don't value your opinion... But I would really like you to answer my question. Look, Dave, <laughs> it's an opportunity here for us to see through the claptrap that you're trying to push in conjunction with New Zealand Labor at this beat-up, trying to finger the government with stuff that is patently untrue. So what you're telling me is you are... From what I'm hearing from what you're saying is there's a good chance you may actually be a son of the land of the long white cloud. Look, you'd have to be. Ignorance is no excuse. You can't just hide behind the fact that you didn't know as the reason for why you didn't you didn't know. God. <laughs> it's just, it, even today there are new names coming out. How is this a thing? It's because it's because white people never think that they have to be held responsible for their citizenship. <laughs> That's what it is. Like have have we got to the bottom of whether or not Malcolm Roberts was a British citizen. No, when he... no, he's going to the High Court as well. No, the best thing I saw today was on uh, Huffington Post, where like uh, a lawyer's gone through and said, "Well, realistically, because Australians can live and work in New Zealand without becoming citizens, that basically you can just rock over there and and, and do it. Like, don't, don't need to sure. do anything." Basically, that gives us some of the like the rights and privileges of a foreign power. So, <laughs> so if you wanted to be really strict, the High Court could rule that no one who lives in Australia or is Australian citizen is eligible to run for Parliament. And to be honest with you, considering how it's been going for the last ooh, couple of years, I would be okay with that. <laughs> just, but why bother? Like, just, just, just let the place roll on. Yeah, yeah. Just disband the whole thing and give it up as a bad joke. Yeah, look, <laughs> clearly Australians are not mature enough for self-government. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh. Could you imagine, just for a moment, let's fantasise, if they hmm. actually did give it up as a bad joke and it was like the first 150 people into the place um, got to be representatives of the 150 electorates in We could country. just do a roster. Oh, could you imagine? You get sent a letter in the mail... Oh, I have to be on jury. What are you worried about? I've got to be the member for Dixon next week. <laughs> Actually, well, one of my favourite ever um, Isaac Asimov short stories. Okay, hang on. No, I can't remember. I'm not sure if he wrote it or whether it was in a book that he edited. Anyway, short uh, sci-fi short story, and it was set in the US. Yes. And the idea was, you know, that the that the election was coming up, and and people in this small town were really excited because uh, it turned out that. Um, 
that the decision was going to be made by their town because they'd reached the point where they realised that having everyone in, in the nation vote was pretty pointless. Mm. Um, that you, all you really needed was a, a, a good, valid statistical sample. And so what they had done is they, they'd perfected the thing right down to the point where they just selected one person and, and, and of, of course, um, the, one of the characters in the story was said person. He was like the father of the household. Anyway, he comes back afterwards and, and the kids are all going, so, you know, did you tell them who you wanted to vote for? And he said, no. He said, they asked me about all sorts of things and what I thought was important and what hmm. I'd like to see. But they didn't actually ask me who I was going to vote for. And then they just decided who the winner should be. <laughs> and Gosh. you know what? I don't know that that's the worst idea I've ever heard, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm reminded of the Black Mirror episode where um, the guy behind uh, like an animated character... Um, yep. who has, like, a talk show, um, decides to run in a, an election. and But as the character, not as him, but as the this animated character and the TV network get right hang behind on, it. Hang on, is this, is this about to turn into another discussion of aggro? Yeah, I was going to say, and our equivalent <laughs> is aggro. Um, but the guy finds out that what he does actually impacts people and hurts people and, you know, all sorts, and he actually screws up his one chance at love and so gives the whole game away. Uh, the producers yell, like, he starts to turn on the whole thing. And then the producer's like, no, 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 you get in there and do it or you're fired. And he quits and they just replace him with someone else. Uh, and I think that, you know, the, the animated character goes on to win the seat. Of course. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> oh, well, you know, we shouldn't joke about TV characters winning elections because... Oh. That's all One Nation is, is TV characters. Oh, boy. Did you see, did you see that uh, uh, someone from the Trump administration, um, one of their security... I mean, how can you... you know, I, I don't know what name it is, but... <laughs> look, seeing as there are 342 security agencies in the United States, I don't think it really matters which one it was, but yes. one, one of them basically called out One Nation as a hate group in an assessment oh. of Australia, which it's I thought was hilarious. So, it's so you know, good. Can you imagine how that news would have been received at One Nation HQ? Because you know they've all got their MAGA hats on and all this oh, sort of stuff. Yeah. yeah, reading the news of, oh, by the way, the Trump government thinks you're a hate group. Oh. <laughs> yeah, to be a fly on the wall at, yeah, during that party meeting. Well, I, to be fair, I guess uh, we have seen it the last week. Donald Trump's pretty keen on hate groups, so maybe it's not the insult that we think it is. No, that's right. They'll think it's awesome. Fits totally in with the fact that, you know... There's problems on every side. On everyone, every side. Every everyone side. has things that they did that were wrong. Steve, they came at us. I mean, they came at the at the r- protesters. Yeah, yeah. The, those <laughs> those people were violent towards. They didn't even have a permit. Day. <laughs> I was just gonna say, do you have a permit, Steve? They do just you... turned up and started attacking these peaceful, <laughs> well-meaning Nazis. <laughs> oh, it's Stephen. <laughs> it's 2017. <laughs> And all I have seen is people condemning the president and condemning these horrible, hate-filled people who have stood up and proclaimed to be, you know, white power Nazi people or whatever. And and I can't believe that I've had to be subjected to, not that they haven't been, you know, with good point, but so many, either legitimate journalists or political people or even comedians that host news and current affairs programs, writing off people that support Nazis because, as someone put it, and I thought this was a great... We waged a whole war about this. 
people died about exactly this issue, and we nobody have, have says answer. it's okay. Oh boy! Well, almost nobody. It's uh, Steve. Remember last year? Uh, look, cast your mind back. I, look, I know it, it seems a long time ago. Dave, <laughs> the Germans are arresting Chinese people that turn up in Germany and like Hitler salute a building because that's how abhorrent they find their history. Well, I also read about another tourist who actually got beat up by throwing a, a Hitler salute. So, like, the, the, like the Germans are pretty serious. Like, like if you want to get genuine um, Nazi. Uh, like, like memorabilia, the only places you can get it are basically uh, France, the UK, and of course Argentina. Um, <laughs> I've but, got a trunk full but, but, of Nazi gold. How do you think I'm going to unload that? Um, carefully, but, <laughs> but like, one coin at a time. Like the, the Germans, like literally went through and and they erased mm. every everything that they could find. Like, and it's not like like they they just had to take down a few flags. Like the Nazis put swat stickers on everything. Like they they put them into monuments, into bridges. Like just like pre existing buildings, the Nazis would go back and add swat stickers to them. Mm. So so like it was a massive effort to get rid of all that stuff. And today you just can't find you can't find this this stuff openly. In Germany, um, but apparently it's not too hard to find if you want to wander down the streets of Charlottesville, uh, Virginia, Ooh. which is just crazy. But, but hang on, anyway, back to what I was going to say. Remember last year, right? Last yep. year, t- 2016. Now, 2016 was marked by the death of a lot, and I mean, not, not, not just a few, but a lot yeah. of truly beloved celebrities and public figures. Yeah. Uh, Musicians, Rickman, actors, Bowie, Prince—the big three. Oh, just so many. And, and look, I hate to sound like you know I'm just coming in doing this with the benefit of hindsight, but <laughs> there were a lot of people who said that 2016 oh. was the worst year ever. Oh. <laughs> now, oh. I, I don't, again, I don't want to sound like you know I, I, I'm being smug about this, but holy shit, were those people wrong? <laughs> Mate, a, a journalist that I follow who writes for the Brisbane Times, um, uh, Cameron Atfield, wrote when sharing a story about what's happening in Charlottesville and the president's response and stuff. Um, said, imagine a week where the second worst thing you did was uh, discuss war with North Korea. <laughs> you know what? I, I'd almost forgotten about that. <laughs> it's taken... <laughs> 209 days for Trump's disapproval rating to dip below 61%. For the past seven presidents, all but one never got there. And the one that did, it took a term and a half. <sighs> like, holy shitballs. <laughs> Stephen. Oh. Let's talk about more interesting, less depressing things. Let's talk about Bitcoin. Uh, oh, God. Don't. How can we change keys into that? Well, well because cause the other thing on the list is incels, and I don't think that that's... <laughs> le- <laughs> and, and I, don't think, is, I don't think that that's less upsetting than Nazis. This is the most concerning conversation ever. I just I, want to put a trigger warning across this entire thing. If, if, mate, between the two of us, we've made it this far, but going on from here, it's going to be horrible. 
because well, I reckon the Venn diagram between incels and people at, at rallies in Charlottesville, like, I think there's a pretty big overlap. <laughs> and not a small one that overlaps with Bitcoin. No, 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 no. Well, oh. see, I, I, I want, do you reckon Nazis would be into Bitcoin? Do you reckon, liberta- I reckon libertarians would be into Bitcoin? It's a world currency that's unregulated that allows them to shift money between countries without any government involvement. What do you reckon? <laughs> I think they're probably, well, yeah, they'd be into it. <laughs> Now, I, I, I will admit, David, I don't know... Hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm just having a look through here. Yes. I've got... I've got um, <laughs> Is this our list? I've got Bitcoin incels, The Handmaid's Tale, yeah. going to the dentist, which currently makes me think of Marathon Man, and, <laughs> and I'm suddenly realising that, that everything on our list is about Nazis in some way or another. <laughs> Gosh. I, I mean, I, oh. Steve, Steve. I don't think I don't think that this is what we intended when we started no. out. But we, we seem to inadvertently have turned into like Australia's number one white supremacist podcast. Oh no! And I'm not very comfortable with that. No, I'm very, I disavow um, any links with the Nazi Party. I am not a supporter of anything they do. They are horrible people. Don't. If you have come to find out about how to be, uh, you know, an Australia first white power supremacist group. You come to the wrong podcast. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what else have we got in here? Um, what we, I guess we could talk on the Handmaid's Tale without. I know you can't really talk about that without talking about totalitarianism, can you? But you can talk about it without Nazis. But that's oh, that's a whole yeah, other thing. Yeah, well, it's, 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 like, it's a good show. Oh, dude! Like I watched it all on SBS on demand when it came out. The instant it came out, for me, it is absolutely. Uh, the the television drama of 2017. If you if if you've not seen it, if you know when I tr- run into people and I mention it and they go, "What's that?" They're stuck for the next 15 minutes <laughs> while I just berate them about how good this is and they are missing out on seeing it. So, Steve, um, how has that conversation been going down at work? <laughs> <laughs> well, lots of people have gone. I've not seen that, and I've gone. You should watch it, and then we should have a discussion. Um, mm. this would be the fruit. <laughs> In fact, I'm, I'm very nice. seriously considering just walking around work and just using that as a greeting. You should make it use email sig. Oh, oh, can I? Oh, under his eye. Um, <laughs> oh, that would see. Oh, I, I, look, Steve, I, I really don't want to get you in trouble at work, but I would love. It's too to late you. for that. <laughs> oh, okay, well, in that case, you should you should put that in your email sig and see how long it takes for someone. To actually, like, make a negative comment about it? (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm just going to sign off from now on. Blessed be the fruit. (laughs) And see what happens when anyone decides to respond to that. I know some people will take it in the way that it's intended and and probably give me a under his eye in response or those kinds of things. But holy goodness. There would be a bunch of people that won't know and that's fine. And there'll be a few people that probably go, well, that's not very nice. What do you mean by that? (laughs) Oh. It started um, last night, Dave, on SBS as a like a linear broadcast program. Oh, I did, oh is it only just started? There you go. Because I watched it on SBS on demand. Uh, yeah, yeah. On the, on I demand. watched it on SBS on demand. That's as well. good enunciation, Dave. Um, <sighs> I um, intentionally, I'm rewatching it week to week now. Because mm-hmm. I, I binged it, smashed through it so that I could see it. And, and yes, it's amazing and those sorts of things. And I paused over some things. And, and like there were four, I think at one stretch I did four or five eps. Just Boy. so connected to it. Yep, yep. Um, 
But now, I'm just going to watch it week on week and just let it wash over me again and just see... Even in the first episode, some of the nuanced performances from people like uh, Yvonne Strahovski, who plays, um, uh, you know, the, the lady of the house, married mm-hmm. to... Joseph Fiennes, where Elizabeth Moss's character is is given as the handmaid. Of course, Elizabeth Moss's character, her performance is amazing. Now, now Elizabeth Moss, every, I, uh, and I, I don't know why I do this, but every single time I see Elizabeth Moss in something, I always look at it and go, gee, she looks familiar. And it takes me, I, I always have to Google, and it always comes back to, oh yeah, she was Zoe Mad in the West Wing. But I West ne- Wing. But I, I, but, yeah, but like, because yeah, I know she's in Mad Men, but, but even then, I, I, I look at her and go, no, I know you from so, like I don't know how much West Wing I actually. Uh, no, I do know. I watched all of the West Wing, but mm. a, a while ago. But I, 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 I never sort of remember that Elizabeth Moss was was, was Zoe. So it, it, that's my forever. I, I, it's like a, an aphasia, Malk. I, I just see her mm. and go, "Gee, you look familiar." I yeah, bet you were in something it? that I liked. I'm due for a rewatch of that. I mean, I've refinished rewatching Breaking Bad recently, and I think I need to rewatch the West Wing. Just to to acknowledge the the goodness that it was, and these amazing characters that Sorkin played out week on week. Well, well, um, well, the good thing about rewatching The West Wing is you only really need to watch from season two to four, and then you can just kind of pretend <laughs> that everything is fine in the White House. Yeah, uh, uh, well, look, uh, somebody, uh, I read someone the other day saying how good season one of The West Wing was, and like it had some great moments, but it also had a lot of Mandy. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> Lots. <laughs> it was very sad. I remember the episode very clearly when where, where Mrs. Landringham died. Yes, that was a good episode. And and the way that that was portrayed by the cast and the way they did. De- oh my goodness, that was very sad. It was, and and yeah, it, it, it was pretty uh, awesome television. But um, oh, the Handmaid's Tale is phenomenal. Oh yeah, it's like cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna equate it. And from what I understand, because I haven't read the book, because who reads anymore? Um, the story, the first 10 episodes end halfway through the book. So if we're following the book canon, which we reasonably are, we've still got a whole bunch to come. Well, I mean, they've already said that they're doing a second season, so that's very exciting. But yeah, um, but yeah well, particularly with how it, season one ends. Yes. Yes, that's very, very, very good. But um, no, I... I, I, the, I the, the, the other good thing about The, the Handmaid's Tale... I mean, Talk, talk about um, like like hitting the zeitgeist <laughs> like <laughs> in just the right time. That, that was pretty, you know uh, the, the team who green lit that were obviously um, were, were, were thinking. But um, the, the great thing though has been you know, some of the the conversation starters that have come from that. Like oh. uh, one of my favourite things ever was uh, the, the news a couple of weeks ago that Lorraine Powell Jobs um, yes. had bought uh, the Atlantic. Um, mm-hmm. And of course, you know, there were all of these, um, you know, articles out there saying, you know, Steve Jobs' widow does this, Steve Jobs' widow does this, and, and uh, someone sort of transposed that alongside a, um, a a thing of saying, oh, you know, the whole idea of the handmaids being the possessions of the commanders is so completely horrible, and it's like, yeah, so this is of Steve's wife, you know, it's like, <laughs> gosh. It's been good stuff, <sighs> but it's, again, you see, this is the the, the only... The the only thing that worries me about stuff like Handmaid's Tale, yeah, is like it. Obviously, it's, it's not it's not science fiction. I guess we could call it genre fiction. But like the, the, the hang on, whoa! It's, I'm really sorry to interrupt. What? 
Um, Pauline Hanson <laughs> is sitting in the Senate wearing a full body covering. I believe that's called a burqa. <laughs> is that right? Or is that a hijab? I can't remember. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be... I don't want to get it wrong, but legit. <laughs> what are you watching? I'm not... It's Twitter. <laughs> like, Andrew Ellinghausen, um, one of the photographers for the, the government, or, you know, press <laughs> photographers. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. There is actually an official photographer. Um... Hellinghausen is like the last person with a job at Fairfax, isn't he? Probably. <laughs> There's only a few him, Mezzi, and a couple others. Um, she's wearing. What is going on? <laughs> mm. Mm. Right. How is how is this a thing? <laughs> I I can't. I, I've got to start my Twitter client up now. Oh, quick, quick. Sorry, just flashed past me, and now it's every second tweet. No, you've just seen it as well. Now, you know what the punchline's going to be? Is the punchline that that's not Pauline Hanson under there and that's her point? Oh, oh, wow. That's just... What a dumpster fire of a Senate. Oh, Steve, can I ask you to just cast your mind back? Like, look, look, this might be a while ago. Like, Jeez. maybe a whole, maybe a whole seventeen or eighteen minutes ago, when one of us said that perhaps Australia wasn't mature enough for democracy. Oh, oh wow! So it is a burke, right? I do. I, I want to make sure that I've got that right because enough people are telling me that it is. Oh um, boy! What the freaking hell! As, as, look, and I know that, you know, not everyone's a Sam Dastiari fan, that's fine, but he has quite correctly stated, the day after the Trump administration called One Nation a risk to religious freedom, Hanson is wearing a burqa in the Senate. <laughs> oh, man, they're, 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 that's just not right. <laughs> Jesus. Like, <clears throat> anyway. Yeah, sorry, I interrupted. With, like, podcast breaking news that by the time anybody <laughs> hears this, will be old hand, because she'll have done something yeah. crazier. Yeah. Anyway. Oh! Yes? So, the thing that that always worries me, uh, like, like as great as The Handmaid's Tale was, mm -hmm. it, it does the thing that a lot of great genre fiction does, and, and, and sci-fi has done this for decades. What it's really, really great at is shining a light on problems in current society, but by putting it into these um, different settings, uh, you, you can like make a commentary on it without sort of um, do, like doing a frontal assault on people, right? Yeah. But uh, the risk is sometimes that people will look at that and go, that is so horrible. It's a good thing that we're not like that. Just completely miss the the message yeah. that because we're not living in an authoritarian state, um, we're actually we're actually not uh, like it's kind of hard to live in a world where this week um, the United States in in Texas the state legislature passed laws saying that women have to take out rape insurance if they want to get an abortion because they get raped. That's a thing. So it's pretty hard to put that like that in a in a world where people are going ah. Oh, at least we're not, you know, the Handmaid's Tale. It's like, oh, you know. Oh. 
I, I honestly <laughs> think that there are people who uh, would fit into, you know, the mould of a Trump supporter that either is taking notes or is looking at it go, yeah, that's fair. <sighs> it's, yeah. And, 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 and that always worries me. Like, like uh, you, you just hope that the message gets through and, and clearly to a lot of people it does. But, uh, but yeah. I, I always just worry that, it, that, that there's enough people that go, oh, well, at least we're not that bad. <laughs> so, mm. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Uh. <laughs> See? <laughs> Hell in a handbasket. Yeah, the, the other thing that was weird about the Handmaid's Tale, the, the other thing that was weird about the Handmaid's Tale for me, I, like, at the moment, Orange is the New Black is my, um, is my ironing show. So, you know, I'll, I'll, yes. I'll, and so I'll, I'm way behind, you know, like, I've, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm still somewhere in... I don't know. In, I'm in the season where all the new prisoners have shown up. Um, I don't even know which one that is. <laughs> but anyway, so, again, seeing a character, like, during the day while I'm doing my ironing, who has, you know, just starting out on this brand new relationship and is in a women's prison in, in upstate New York, and the next thing you know, like, she's running from the authorities... <laughs> I, I just found that really disconcerting. Like, I'm really gl- glad that glad that 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 that, um, that that she was on the show because she's a fantastic actor. Yeah, it, 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 it just left me a bit confused at times, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it really, it, yeah. <sighs> but yeah, but yeah, that's it. <sighs> <sighs> what is happening to us? What are we doing? Well, we're not sticking to the list. That's what's happening to us. Oh, gosh. Um, oh, boy. I enjoyed this season of Orange is the New Black. Have you seen this season? No, no. I'm, I'm, st- I'm still at the one where the in- new inmates have only just got there. Oh, yeah. You've got like, the hell of so, a ride to come then. I, I, I do. Like, they're, they're, uh, what's happening? Um, so, they've, they've gone to double bunking. Um, they've got the... They've got the big dude from down at Maximum Security up being the chief of the, yep. the guards. Yep. Um, well, there's a big, big thing that happens at the end of this season. Okay, never. Yeah, haven't. Got and that yet. impacts the next season is like the, the allegedly real time three or four days following on from that in, the end of this season. Okay, righto. Well, let's see. Well, it was like that for the last one too, because they, they they went from the the prison escape. Anyway, with Caputo. Anyway, it's all good. Yeah. But no, well, well, the thing is, though, because um, I'm pretty sure that this is the one that I've, a, lot, a lot of people were sort of a bit down on, but I'm still liking it. It's still pretty good. Yep. Ah, oh, boy. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just... <laughs> You've just completely broken me with that photo. <laughs> Mate, I, I take no responsibility for that photo. <clears throat> that photo is what is absolutely happening... Um, in our Senate right now. Do you, do you think maybe... Do you, do you think maybe life was better when when we didn't get this information in real time? Yep. <laughs> so you could set aside a part of your day to get bad news. <laughs> and like, and a half an hour later, uh, you could um, uh, wave goodbye to Richard on the ABC. Um, and uh, then... 
like that was it. You were done. Like, do you remember bad. the days? No, no more bad news till tomorrow. When that's exactly it. You would just wait for the news, and that's when you got your half an hour <clears> dose <throat> of everything that went wrong today, and then that was it. Oh, is he? Um, yeah. You know what the problem is, Stephen? Yes. The problem is people like you and I, because we are the problem. We we are the reason that this that this nonsense exists. Like I, I can clearly remember one of the first things that I did when I got uh, my email address at at uni was finding like this email news service. It would yes. send like, it would send you bulletins like twice a day, yep. and I just thought this was the most amazing thing ever. And then you know as as it sort of took hold. Um, you, you you could add in different um, things and you could customise what you were getting news about and all that. Mm. I just thought that was incredible. I permanently had stuff. I mean, it, it, obviously, it seems a bit, you know, a bit slow compared to Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. at the time, it was just astonishing. Um, and I just couldn't get enough of it, you know. Uh, and then, oh, and then when I just do... Were you ever a big RSS user? Oh, I was for a bit. Um, hang on. She's hang on. Hang on. I have to go live now. Where's the audio? <laughs> She's taking it off. <laughs> Point of order is damn right it is. <laughs> What's the question? Oh, God. The whole point of her question was, Senator Brandis, will you work to ban the burqa? Oh, God. There's a shock. <laughs> Again, <clears throat> look, that's all well and good, but that's, I'm afraid that still doesn't top uh, uh, Bill Heffern and smuggling yeah. a pipe bomb in. <laughs> so, you know, if, if, you, if you really, really want to make an impact... But look, and to be fair, I'm not suggesting that Pauline Hanson should handle explosives oh. because I just don't think that they would end up good in any way, shape, or form. There's, oh, a, there's a statement on her Facebook page. Pauline Hanson, Senator Pauline Hanson, has attended Question Time dressed modestly in a full burqa and will later be delivering a speech in Parliament calling for the government to ban full face coverings in public. Uh, said she made the decision to attend Question Time in a full-face covering because she believed the need to ban full-face coverings in public was an important issue facing modern Australia that needed to be discussed. See... How do we dignify that with a response? Stephen... Uh, is, uh, 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 <laughs> I'm struggling. <laughs> I, 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 I just... God... If I had not been near my computer to see this, I would have said why, why it was it a the Photoshop. Most contentious issues. Why, why is it that all the issues that seem to be completely dominating uh, Australian political discourse have so little to do with the actual lives of Australians? I mean, uh, like, like marriage equality, it, 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 this isn't something that needs a debate. This is no. just a, a case of... of Okay, this is a right that we are denying some people, and we probably shouldn't be denying rights to people, so let's fix that. Like, that's it. it, it it's, it's like a 10-minute thing. Draft up some legislation, vote on it, get yeah. it done. Great. Because apart from the people whose rights, who, who are having like, rights taken away from them at the moment, apart from them, 
like it doesn't doesn't affect anyone else like in any way shape or form like you know apart from the fact that i would like to see some of my friends able to marry who want to and now can't i would like to see that but giving them that right doesn't change my life it doesn't change your life so let's deal with it. done m- m- move on like why are we carrying on with crap like this yeah and, and in the meantime like we've got people well, we're locking up bloody people and putting them in concentration camps. Again, this is a problem. This is not a, not a good thing. We should... We, let's just... Let the, but again, it's easily solved. You know you know how you stop people living in, in horrible concentration camps? You don't put them there in the first yeah, place. Yeah, for a start. And if they're there, you take them out. Like, it's really... that. Again, the, the, 10 minutes tops to solve that whole problem. But instead, we have been talking about this crap now... We have been talking about this for... Oh, dude, you ready for more breaking 15 news? 15 years? Brandis has just stood up and torn strips off Hanson. <laughs> and the other side of the house is standing and applauding him. <laughs> Holy oh. crap. That's gonna that's gonna be what's off for Brandis. Like, oh, the members on his side applauded, no question... But Wong and the rest of the opposition and the like, the Green Senator, everyone on the other side of the house stood and applauded. Holy oh crap! <laughs> well, again, see, Pauline Hanson, like Donald Trump, does know how to unite a nation, just not in the way that they think. Oh. Uh, but anyway, so like we've been talking about stuff like yeah, we've been talking horribly about asylum seekers in Australia. Yep. For yeah, yeah for over fifteen years now. Mm. Um, why are we just spending so much time being horrible to people instead of actually helping the hundreds of thousands of people who do need real support? Like, ah. Uh, Again, like you know, homelessness is one of my hobby horses. Yeah, yeah. And the frustrating thing is, I'm with you. And the frustrating thing is, homelessness is is a solvable problem. Like, like uh, you are you're never going to get every single rough sleeper or or, or you know, person who doesn't want to engage with society mm. uh, off the streets. But they that is not the bulk of people who are experiencing homelessness. The bulk of people who are experiencing homelessness are people who have they've lost their job and they can't afford their rent or or their you know their mortgage has been foreclosed on. Yes. Um, they're couch surfing because they've been kicked out of home or they're escaping a violent partner. Like these are the people who are homeless and you know how we could stop them being homeless? Build some homes for them to live in. Yeah, yeah. Like, Provide like, some affordable housing. Bang. Solved. Like, yeah. Again, it is, it is a problem, but all it takes is money and some will. Okay, yep. so let's deal with those sorts of problems. Why aren't we? Why are we instead spending all this time with half wits like Pauline Hanson pulling stunts about religious intolerance that does not make anyone's life better? Like, wh- whose life is made better by spending all this time on intolerance? And yeah. I don't, I don't care if it's, if it's religious intolerance. I don't care if, if it's like discrimination um, against the gay and lesbian and trans community. Every time you, or every moment that you spend fueling intolerance, mm. is time. Not only is it making our society worse, but it's robbing you of time to actually make meaningful change for people who need support. Which, co- coincidentally, are often those people who are being bloody vilified. Yeah. Oh, Stephen. Well, like, the, the, they, 
I just don't get it, Steve. I don't. I do not understand how you could say that you have a, a calling to public service, which well, I guarantee you, every single person who, who is elected to any parliament, any local council, any, any kind of authority, um, they will all tell you that they have a call to public service. Mm. So at that point, if you believe that you have a call to public service, how on earth can you justify to yourself using that time to make life worse for people? Yeah. I just don't get it, Stephen. Welcome like, to Partisan I know Politics, that I'm not, Dave. No, but I'm, I know that I'm not a clever person, Stephen, but can someone explain to me why people spend their time making other people's life worse? Yeah, that, my friend, is uh, indeed a question that should be zeroed in on not just our politicians, but the people that carry out these laws, the people that are responsible for judgments um, when people break some of these laws. Um, and there are some interesting people that sit on the judiciary that make those decisions, that make them look, in my humble opinion, well, and in other times, not at frickin' all. Uh, but it does come back to the people that make the laws in the first place, uh, either at a uh, state or federal level. And it's just... It's crazy that we get to some of these situations and people are allowed to suffer because of the bullheadedness, the pig-headedness of someone because they just don't want to be seen to be weak politically. It's balls. <clears throat> you know what we need, Stephen? Bitcoin! No? No. There's just not enough love in the world, Stephen. Well, look, all we do need is love. Um, according to one famous um, luthier, but I'm not sure that that will solve about, everything. <clears throat> well, no, well, it would, to be quite <laughs> It would see, solve everything. See, he, here's the thing. There is a tenant in every, in every major religion that I'm aware of, you know, the idea of loving other people, like, it's in there, Right. Now, yeah. I'm not saying it's well-observed, and in fact, you know, part of the reason that I'm not a member of a faith community is because I don't think that many religions do observe that particularly well overall. Um, but it's not just there. Like, also, if you, you look at, uh, at non-religious um, uh, philosophies and things like that, if you go to something like Buddhism that, that is, you can be on the cusp depending on which you know, strain of it you look at, in all of these things, one of the basic tenets is you need to look after other people. Yep. And, and we just don't. <laughs> Why don't we, Steve? Especially when so many of us, so many of us profess to you know, follow a belief system or a particular mm. philosophy. How is it, like, how is it that we, we can have members of our, our parliament who claim to be adherents to these philosophies and, mm. and belief systems, spending their time just doing everything that they can to cause hurt to other people. Like, I just don't get that, Stephen. It just, it perplexes me. And it makes me very sad. Yeah, it, and look, mate, I, coming from the inside of that, it pains me as well. Um, I mean, we're on the, the, we're on the cusp of having this non-binding um, postal vote around the change in marriage laws. Um, 
that many have argued before that if we got to this position, um, that it, it would be horrible for proponents on one side, um, possibly the other, based on how people would respond. And certainly we've seen it already. The, the official campaigns haven't even started because we still have to get through that pesky decision by the High Court of whether or not it's allowed to be a thing. Um, and already, people who sit in the club that I sit in have come out vehemently, either towing lines of specific lobby groups or speaking from a place of um, perceived justice uh, or straight out, I, I'm, I would say, acting without love and without grace. And all because they are afraid that their religious freedoms are being challenged. Where's the love in that, Dave? How do we how do we solve the problem? How do we as a nation solve something? And, and uh, I know it's not simple, but um, as simple as marriage equality, when we're still putting people who are escaping for their very lives into a prison, they will never leave. When we as a nation who the people that are against marriage equality claim to be our Christian nation still can't reconcile with the indigenous peoples in this country and work out a way to celebrate us coming together as a nation because, God damn it, it's January 26 is the date Australia Day has always been, air quotes. Like, holy crap, man. Yeah. Yep. I'm at a loss, Dave. It. I'm in the middle of the machine and... Understandably, I've been told that the church organization I work for don't have an official position on this right now, so there's nothing for me to say or add that I and all of the other people that work for that church organization are to be um, caring for all people uh, on both sides of the of the conversation. I'm 100% down with that. Like, as much as I might disagree with people who hold an alternate position to me, it is still important to me to care for them and to encourage them and I'll take it on board that I want to gently help them see why their position is incorrect. I'm not going to be all, you know, smash them in the face or, you know, go and yell at them or anything like that. But I'm also not going to go and say that um, I can't let it slide when they say that people who are LGBTIQ or identify in that scenario should be allowed to be minimized as human beings simply because they want to enter into a a, a singular, uh, like a, a relationship with one other that is recognized by law and affords them the same benefits as my wife and I. Like, it's just outrageous. You know what I think part of the problem is? We're on solutions now, Stephen. <laughs> let's let's fix this damn thing. No, uh, I, I I think so much of it is just the, this fear of of it's, it's, I think fear of change underplays it. I think it's fear of giving up, like uh, it, it's something that we have, like. I mean, I mean, a simple way to put it, you know, is to say, you know, white privilege or male privilege, and I, I think like, or straight privilege, and I think there is something to that. But I, I think the hard, I think the thing, the hard thing is, 
like there are plenty of people who you sort of talk to the idea of privilege about and they they can't get it they don't see it they don't believe it they do not believe that they have had any particular advantages afforded to them um but at the same time um if something comes up like you know we should move the date of australia day to one where mm. it's inclusive of our first people rather than um basically excluding them um they get their back up and they don't want to change it, it it's I don't, they don't want to give anything away to anyone else and and like what it, it, it's that it's this lack of generosity it's if i give that person something else then, then it means i will lose something like it's yeah, yeah. zero sum thinking yeah yeah it's the fear that if we and, um acknowledge the sins of the past that you know then these people will be able to come at us and take our land. Take yeah. our land. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, well, Tim Fisher literally said that mm. during the after the Marbo decision, which was probably one of his most appalling times in public life, oh, to be honest. Just as, just as a quick sidebar, somebody has already updated um, Pauline Hanson's Wikipedia page with her photo now being that of her in a burqa in, <laughs> in the Senate. <laughs> How good is that? Well, look, at least some good has come out of that appalling, appalling oh. idea. Um, oh, uh, like, I'm, I'm going to be flabbergasted and at pains and... Like, I've already expressed on social media, in part because I legitimately am tired and I, I'm not sleeping enough. Um, but, but we're, like, we're not even into the debate the conversation proper when it comes to marriage equality and, and the, the upcoming non-binding vote, um, postal vote. Did you hear that? I'm just the, tired. Did you hear that, that, that someone's planning a straight lives matter protest? Yes. Be, Jesus. Because of the, uh, like, oh my God. And part oh, of me, my part God. of me wants to just get down to Sydney and just stand on the sidelines and boo them. Um, Actually, when is it? Is it next weekend or this weekend? Oh, I think so. I, I, I haven't paid enough attention. I'm going to be but in then, Sydney. I'm going to be in Sydney next weekend. <laughs> if, I, if, I'm in, if I'm in Sydney where that rally happens, oh, there will be booing. <laughs> I can guarantee you. <laughs> the I other will, part of me, I will find you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have a very specific set of skills. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I can be an asshole on the side of a protest. Um, sorry. Yes. You the saying... other part of me suggests. Well, what actually is the best response to this? Because ignoring it is not an option. It, it, like it's it's a it's a prime media target slash media circus, and there will absolutely be protest, protesters from the LGBTI community. Understandably, they're just incensed at these people, suggesting that they, the ultra privileged, are somehow lacking because they're white. Um, like it's it's one nth away, one tenth away. From becoming a white power pride march, um, yeah. Again, when, we, when we're talking Venn diagrams, there's a lot. It's a big of overlap. overlap between the, that sort of thinking, isn't there? Is is Ugh. the best solution for those that would protest not to turn up and be violent, not to turn up and be angry, though as much as they should <laughs> be, but to be there and to protest silently, to have placards, but not to chant, not even to shout, just to be seen. Um, 
Well, I see, don't, but is protesting the right option? Is is the better thing to hold a counterpoint rally somewhere else in the city that won't even come near them to celebrate the amazing things, the amazing people that identify as LGBTIQ? Yeah, see, I, I, I always struggle um, with, with the idea of uh, protest and counter-protest and, and what... Because uh, I guess part of me is craven and is always thinking from the perspective of how will this play out? Like, how, what, what will the like? How, yeah. how will this ultimately be seen? Or, or do you just leave them alone and let them look like a sad group of about twenty people marching down a street with nobody watching on and nobody caring? Yeah, but then uh, I guess the, the thing is though, at what point does that flip? Because w- when you see the sort of stuff, uh, like I mean, th- the the extreme right groups in Australia are disorganised and don't have the same. They don't have a, a, a figurehead in government the way that the ones in the the US do at the moment. Um, but does that mean that we shouldn't protest every time um, the uh, Australia First whack jobs get out there and hold a rally with George Christensen? Like, should 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 we protest them? Like, because I sure as hell. Would you know, think that the people in Charlottesville who protested would uh, against the the white supremacists were doing the right thing? Mm. Like, oh, yeah, I don't know. See, I, again, I'm bad. I'm conflicted on this one. Oh boy, mate! I remember uh, 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 to change gear a little bit. It's Laurie Weeks, uh, Laurie Oakes's last week as the chief political correspondent for the Nine Network. He's retiring tomorrow. I think it is. So there's been farewell parties. There's been, um, of course, the interview on 60 Minutes, which I thought was actually a good one with an old mate of his, Charles Woolley. And, (laughs) son of a bitch. I watched it Sunday night and it would have been recorded maybe Wednesday, Thursday last week. And the final question of the story is, have you got one more scoop? And he said, not yet, but there's still days left. And at that point, I thought, you know, it wouldn't be out of the realm of real for Laurie Oakes, one of the incredible, you know, reporters on the political scene in Australia, to come up with something as a final exit. To just go, oh, by the way, you know, here's something else. Mic drop, leave. Um, And then this week happened. I know. Like... (laughs) Do you think Laurie Oakes is secretly behind it? It was Laurie Oakes who put Penny Wong's chief of staff up to calling someone in New Zealand. Oh, it's just been a clown show, Stephen. Like, oh, like, oh, boy. I guess it, oh, fucking hell. <laughs> trying not to swear, but holy snapping all the things. You know, our conversations have taken a really dark turn, Stephen. <laughs> we, uh, Remember we used to talk about, like, we used to reminisce about cars? <laughs> Which I still haven't driven. <laughs> oh, the new, you, haven't reminisced, you haven't driven the new car yet? No. Oh, and wow. I'm now almost making it a game with myself. How long can I hold out before I have to drive our new car? Speaking of cars, because I... Cause I I'm sure I've, t- I've told you we yeah we used to be the Holden Holden dealers in Inverell right yes so I I have a friend who's in finance and I got a text message from him today saying that one of his clients is buying one of the last V8 Commodores being built 
through Gorkrodges in Inverell. Nice. Oh, that's what I said. So it's very nice. tidy. Very tidy. Ending in era. I do remember. I remember you know, all the big. They V8s. should give him the video disc player. <laughs> Just in the <laughs> they boot. Should, they should <laughs> go upstairs. <laughs> Send a message back to. Yeah. Uh, oh, something tells me holding up sending video discs out anymore. But no. Uh, but he, look, he, he could probably get a very, very nice, um, a, a nice video disc of the VH Commodore. I'm pretty sure mm. we had one on the VH. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, boy, oh, boy. <laughs> what a podcast this has been, Dave. What a conversation. <laughs> oh, Stephen. Holy crap. So, look... Uh, can we quickly talk about Bitcoin? Just because we need to okay. scratch something All off right. this list or we're never going to get through it. Okay. Now, I, I acknowledge from the top um, that I don't fully understand how Bitcoin works. <laughs> I understand. Listen, listen, I'm really glad that you said that because that saved me having to say it first. Because <laughs> like, I, I, like, I, I, read, I read the thing about, the, about how it works. Like, all, all these words in sequence... Uh, yes, I understand. It's a, mm-hmm. the the mine, like the mining and the wallets and the and the. Uh, yeah, I, I get it. I get. But it. you can make your own Bitcoin, can't you? Uh, it, yes, but you need like like five shipping containers worth of computers stacked full of GPUs to to actually earn one. So, and here's part of the problem at the moment is that to like actually, uh, you know, make a Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. He's going to cost you so much in electricity costs. You may actually spend more than a bitcoin is worth. But <laughs> but people are into doing it at the moment mm. because because it's just such a ridiculous speculative market where like it just keeps growing in phenomenally in value. They're taking a bet that if they get in now, um, the price is going to keep rising and that will outstrip what they actually um, what they spent on on Making the making the Bitcoin. I mean, it's not even a real thing. It's a <laughs> well, yeah. digital well, entity. Well, well, to be fair, Stephen, neither is money. Sure, but I can physically <laughs> hold money in my hand, and the government of the day give it value because they control how it functions. And when it comes to Bitcoin, it's completely unregulated. Yeah, I I, I know a guy who. Um, I, I, look, in some ways, I wish I had taken his advice because he he was buying Bitcoin. He was telling me about buying Bitcoin when he and I were in Singapore, and I think that was two thousand and thirteen, mm. maybe. It, now, at that time, um, I probably could have afforded a Bitcoin or maybe one or two, yes, um, and that would be worth a lot of money now. <laughs> but he was doing a lot of his transactions, like moving lots of transactions into Bitcoin. Like he was taking payments in Bitcoin, um, but only paying other people in cash. Again, b- basically just buying into the speculation market. So I'm, I haven't seen him in a while, but I'm going to guess it's, it worked out pretty well for him, um, provided his Bitcoins weren't stored at one of the um, places that sort of just fell off the face of the earth at one stage when they had a hardware failure <laughs> in their server. Well, this is the thing. Like, this is what amazed me. Now, again, I'm conservative when it comes to investing. You know, I'm, I'm not a speculator on the stock market. Um, I let my my super do that, and I pay a stupid amount of money every year to people who do that on my behalf to try and increase my superannuation. You should be um, in an industry super fund. I think I am. No, I'm not. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Congratulations, you're like most Australians. <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, 
I just have money and I keep getting statements saying that it made a little bit more, but it cost me a lot to make it more. Yeah. Um, now, when this lady at, at my work said that her and her partner have invested heavily in Bitcoin uh, and that he that's how he makes his money, that he is buying and selling Bitcoin and like, that they wow. are... That they are taking it so seriously that they're encouraging his family to invest and she's looking to invest and that this is how they're going to fund their house and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, and see, to me... I just to me, heard the words come out of her mouth and went, but what happens when it all goes to crap? Yeah, that, that, that just to me sounds like the people who were, you know, getting all of their uh, their family to buy Enron shares. Mm. <laughs> like, because oh, Is it a big pyramid scheme? Like, if, is the fact that if more people get involved... It no message. Someone's <laughs> rung my home phone and then it's gone beep and no one's left a message. Well, that's pointless. Um, Is it like a if more people get involved, does that increase the value of the Bitcoin? Like, what what makes the value go up or down? Because people are willing to pay more for it. It just it's just. So well, if and we as a society all went, you know what? Bitcoin is not worth anything. The the market would just bottom out. Yes. How did we get it to be a thing in the first place? Well, libertarian, libertarians and porn sites. <laughs> There's a freaking Bitcoin ATM in Sydney. Oh wow! At Lib- Central Station. Wow. What? <laughs> but hang, hang on, hang on. So, but so, do you spend Bitcoin there, and it gives you like Australian currency, or do you put Australian currency into it, and it adds? Bitcoin to your digital wallet, or does it do both, or like what? what what's it for? My understanding is both. Yeah, that you can put Australian co- currency in and add to your digital wallet, so you can do things online, or you can cash in some of your Bitcoin to get Australian dollars. Well, see, here's the thing. I think the easiest way. How stupid is that? <laughs> One whole of a thing. No, I have point eight seven six five nine seven four two Bitcoin. Let, what, st- Stephen? Let me tell you, you don't have point eight. You might have point zero 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 eight because <laughs> they're getting worth a lot of money. Well, this, this was the the point of my friend at work. She said he owns two bitcoins, and I went, "What?" And she said, "Yeah, they're worth like you know thirty or forty thousand bucks." I went, "What?" Hang on, hang on, hang on. Yeah, what's the value of a Bitcoin right now? A whole Bitcoin. I'm I'm looking it up. Come on, NBN. $5,436 Australian dollars per Bitcoin. Per singular whole Bitcoin. Per whole Bitcoin. But you can own part of a Bitcoin. You can own... So if he's got two Bitcoins, he's not buying a house, let me tell you that much. No, no, but... (laughs) Not in Australia. (laughs) She was saying that, you know... He's saying that it's going to be not very long and they will be worth this this figure. So we're getting in on the ground floor. And I didn't have the heart to tell her, what if it all goes to crap and you lose you see, your money? I think the ground floor happened back in 2013 when you could buy a Bitcoin for like, you know, 100 bucks. <laughs> yeah. Like when you're jumping in at the $5,000 mark, you're no longer at like, this isn't the ground floor anymore. Oh, uh, it's uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't get. I think I'm just. I think I'm like you, Steve. I don't think I'm just too risk averse to really yep. get in. Like I'm aware. Of, I've been aware that it existed for a long, long time. But the thought of actually investing in it is just like, what? It's like, and and Dave, this might be a reflection of my life, but 
somebody, a friend of mine on, on Facebook asked the other day, you know, we're looking at buying a car and what do I do? Do I buy a new car or do I buy a secondhand car knowing that the value of that, you know, thing falls through the floor as soon as you drive it away and all that sort of stuff. Um, and it made me stop and think and go, is a car really an asset anymore? Like, oh, it never has been. <laughs> well, but that's the thing. Everyone's responses to him was saying, no, don't do it. Buy a second-hand car. Like one that's you know, a couple of years old, you'll get a bargain. You know, why, why buy a, a, a quickly depreciating asset? And I just went, but it's not an asset. It's a tool. It allows me to get from point A to point B and be a part of a society that does things. And I've got responsibilities to get my kids places and my, my myself and my wife places. I also have no mechanical understanding of how it works. I mean, I, I understand the physics and I know what happens, but if you pop a bonnet, I can't tell you how to fix any of it. Um, so it's important to me that a warranty is there and that, you know, for the car that we got has a seven-year warranty. It's a new car. So if anything really goes wrong in that time, I get to look at them and go, how is this not your problem? Um, yeah, yeah, I just, I don't get these people that, that still, for me, live in the older understanding that a car is a depreciating asset when I know that that's how banks value it. And, you know, it's not an asset. It's it's a bloody car. <laughs> well, and, and uh, uh, again, I don't think self-driving Ubers are coming to Albury anytime soon. <laughs> but, I don't know, like, you, you, you do have to wonder... Uh, I mean, because they, they, they're a waste of t- time and space and resources. Mm. Like, um, I'd, I'd love to see the um, someone seriously just try not having a car and putting that sort of money into taxi fares, Ubers, and hiring a yep. car if they really need one every now and again. Like, yeah. I'm sure someone's done the sums. I haven't. I, yeah. Oh, they, they're a dumb thing to own. Like, they really, really are. Like, you know, Rachel's car, uh, it's about to come up for its 12-month service, and it's done less than 9,000 kilometres. Yep. It's spent most of its time either sitting in our carport or sitting in the car park at, at her work. Mm. Like, that's that's not a useful... That's not useful uh, resources. Like, yeah. It could have spent the rest of the day driving around and taking people places, except, you know, it's stuck out there. Um, yeah. It, it, it's dumb. I don't know. Again, I... I, I as soon as our jobs started being more than a reasonable horse and cart right away, we needed cars. Well, we didn't. We just needed good public transport. But, you know, we loved the status symbol of cars. Well, the, the tough part is, though, that works in, in large metropolitan areas. But for country places like Albury, like Wagga, like Dubbo, like wherever, Public transport can only do so much. Yeah, but, uh, to be to be, let's be really honest here. There is nowhere in Albury that you could not ride a bike to work. Really, if you were committed to it. But that's if you live in town. Yeah, but my, well, yeah, but most of us do. <laughs> and There's enough do- people that live. And in- if you don't, if you live in Ginger, you could catch the school bus in with the kids. Everyone <laughs> love that. <laughs> There's that status symbol. <laughs> well, you know, God, people, you know, commuters in cities have to share public transport with horrible children. I don't see why yeah, yeah. commuters in country areas couldn't do the same thing. No, true. It wouldn't kill them. No, like might kill some children, but it would limit your ability to do other things with your life. But oh, it, it would. Yeah, look, I'm not saying we shouldn't have cars at all. I'm just saying that. I hear. You. It's, all, it's... I mean, I, I love cars. I yeah. lo- love them. Um, 
you know, take great joy in buying cars right up yeah. to the point where, you know, I, I, I think it's at the three-year point when you sort of look at the repayments and you realise how much you still owe on this thing. That's when you sort of fall out of love with your car. <laughs> but until that point, love cars. Mm. Am I being uh, an old fuddy-duddy in saying that Bitcoin is just not a thing? I mean, I know it's a thing, <laughs> but as a means for you to make money, it's not a thing, is it? Well, I mean, it's a it's a currency. So basically, like if you if you're investing in in a spec, yeah, but it's a, a currency only because people say it's a currency. Yeah, sure. But uh, the point I'm making though is, like, if you're investing in it in a speculative manner, you might as well just um, be a currency trader. Like, you might as well uh, try to pick fluctuations in the US dollar or the yen or or or, or the euro. Like, you're doing the same thing. Like, you. J- you, all you're doing is you're buying some and you're hoping that it's going to go up and maybe you're selling some off when you think it's about to hit a dip. But, I mean, the the, the thing that sort of frightens me about it is just say you want to be a currency trader um, and you, you're you going to go with like the, the major astru- uh, international currencies, right? I am sure that if that was your job, you would take the time to understand uh, what's happening in the economies of these different nations Look at history and see, okay, if we have you know, crops uh, failing in Australia, what does that do to the Australian dollar? If we're having surplus of this in the US, what does that do to the dollar and stuff like that? And you, you could at least build a sort of model of how you think these currencies are going to go and then you bet your, your knowledge to sort of try and make profit, yeah. right? But with something like Bitcoin, it's not tied to anything, like any national economy or anything like that. So if the price of Bitcoin goes down, nobody knows why it did that. And if it goes up, nobody knows why it did that. So you are just in this like market that's oh, it has no rules. Pains. Like you, you might as yeah. well be buying tulip bulbs, you I'm know? I'm a rule guy, Dave. And that's why the stock exchange gets me, because I know that there are business rules, but they're really arbitrary as to why company A's value increased and company B's value decreased. And it's mainly bullshit. (laughs) Oh, yeah, but like, I get that there are market pressures and there are, you know, the fact that this place just found a whole bunch of new things it's going to dig out of the ground, so it values has gone up. I get all of that stuff. You're right, a lot of it is made up to help make people feel good about themselves and where they put their money, but there are reasonable rules around understanding that stuff. There is no set of rules around Bitcoin. And it just strikes me as the stupidest move ever to buy into, like, ultimately, trading cards. Yes, actually, that's a free... That's a, yeah, that's a free, You've just gone and bought yeah. two folders full of Pokemon trading cards. And the only value that is placed on them now is what someone else is willing to pay for them. And they could come at you with a stupidly big number or they could come at you with two bucks. And if no one else wants to buy when you want to sell, guess what the value of those Pokemon trading cards are? Three-fifths of... Get staffed. <laughs> See, uh, I think the the, um, the the thing that upsets me most about Bitcoin is the way that... like So... so Part of what you know, Bitcoin um, really brought to public consciousness is the idea of a blockchain, mm. which you know the the idea that you know y- you can have this series of interlocking and and self checking transactions to you know keep an idea of where everything is and where you know, like it, 
the whole idea is that um, the blockchain you know, ensures the integrity of, of, of all these transactions and stuff. Like it, it's this, this public ledger, right? So now, every, every bloody thing in the world is now talking about how they're going to apply blockchain to their problem that sometimes has nothing to do with like proving that transactions are right. <laughs> like, like, like. Oh, I, hey everyone, let's punch ourselves in the face. I, I don't need. I don't need a, a, a blockchain blockchain enabled Juicero <laughs> to get me food in the morning. No. Like, I don't. I don't need it at all, Stephen. I think it's bad. Mm. Oh, like, I mean, you, you can say this now that you're not in the industry anymore. But really, are there any people who are worse than people in IT? Oh, IT people are the worst. There are worst people in everything. There are worst people in everything. But the the biggest hurdle I had to overcome while I was a part of the IT industry was the people that built their own kingdoms. And I know everybody does it, but the benefit of building a kingdom in IT is that very few people outside of the IT department understand what that kingdom is. They just look at it and go, well, I guess we need it. You've told us that we need to have all of these security measures. The amount of security that is laid on businesses and the insane value that it costs to put in place is ludicrous because we have been oversold either by by crafty security salespeople or by IT managers and CIOs who convince their boards and management teams that for us to be secure, we need all these things. You know what would solve half of those problems? Some good education. Teaching people how things actually work. Oh. Yep. We're the worst. Well, you see, you well, well, actually, you, you're not an IT person anymore. You're, you're effectively, you're a PR person now. So maybe, maybe, you're, maybe you're worse. Oh, I'm the worst of everything. You're, you're, you're an ex you're an ex IT person in PR, boy oh boy. I'm the worst. I'm the worst <laughs> of all the things because I get to tell parents that are morbidly afraid about their kids getting involved in Snapchat that the internet and social media actually isn't that bad. It's just what they do with it. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> How do I sleep at night? Uh, look, I don't know. Um, I, you you want to know how I sleep at night now? <laughs> the child who we didn't think would be a problem <laughs> with digital communications now keeps her phone on the hall stand. <laughs> That's how I sleep at night, Stephen. That's how that. I sleep at night. Oh. oh yeah. Uh, see, I, I'm, you know, I'm one of those parents that are part of the problem. You know, when 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 you go to the school and the school says, "Whatever you do, don't give your child a phone and don't let them use Snapchat," and I'm just like, "Too late!" <laughs> oh, oh man, I got boy. some questions from parents last night. What do you do when the horse has already bolted? <laughs> and I just had to look to look at them square in the face and say, "What do you do with any other issue in your life when the kids are doing the things that you don't want them to do?" And they just sort of looked at me at night and went, "Yeah, it's tough, isn't it?" You know, technology. I don't know if I've said this before, but we are seeing the greatest disruption in the home since the television came home in the 60s. Um, The fact that parents are having to make decisions about stuff that they just don't understand is no different to what their parents had to make for them around the way that television worked in their lives. The difference is 
that very, 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 very few people were broadcasting naked pictures of themselves to everybody else in the country. Now, their young person has the ability to, to show their naked private parts to everybody in the world. Hmm. Yeah, it's so much better when you put it like that, Steve. <laughs> but it's not Snapchat's fault. No, no, this is true. This is true. They could send it as an iMessage. They could send it on Facebook Messenger. They could send it via WhatsApp. Well, they could get a blog. Private remember, naked remember, parts. Remember people who used to have blogs? <laughs> I remember those things. I think I still have one out. I, I think mine still exists, but oh, you know what? You know what, what's worse than like blogs floating around? How many domain names do you reckon you own? Oh, a, a, a small amount. I was never a person that got into the gamification of um, registering domain names. <laughs> I, I a friend had... of mine does. He just registers stuff six ways from Sunday. I think his GoDaddy account has about sixty or seventy domain names in it. Oh god, I'm not that. Oh, thankfully, I'm not that bad. But I, I think I'm up over twenty domain names that I own. Nice. <laughs> Some of which I've bought domain names for podcasts that I haven't started. Good. But I haven't bought a, a domain name for podcasts that I do have. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not that sure what that says about where my values lie, Stephen. Uh, what it says is that we have crafty enough listeners that may yet go and do it on our behalf and not tell us. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it just... But look, yeah. If I ever get to doing those other podcasts, at least I know I've got the domain name, which is, yeah, which is great, great, very important to have that. <laughs> Just rebrand, rebrand this podcast. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> I don't think it quite fits any of the other names. No, it doesn't. You know what? It's been really good. Tuesday what? nights at eight o'clock on the ABC, Annabelle Crab is hosting a series called uh, The House. Now, but before we go any further, uh, have you been watching it on television in normal speed with like a normal person, or did you get pre-release ones and watch them at like a, a ridiculous like fast-forward version? I've like downloaded them directly into my brain, uh, so that as uh, soon as the file enters and lands and completes downloading, I've watched the whole thing. Um, watching Parliament now and seeing right. the people that she spoke to, just tottering about the house, just doing stuff. Because she not only spoke with people underground that make things happen, but she also spoke to, um, you know, the, the sergeant-at-arms, and she spoke to um, a guy called Luch, who has been uh, working in the lower house, the House of Representatives, since it opened in its new capacity 20-something years ago. And he was a Brickies labourer before that. And ever since then, he's donned his green jacket and made sure that their water is filled up and passed messages for them and done all sorts of things. And he does it with great dignity and he does it with like aplomb for the place, respect far beyond what many of the members offer the house. And it's just, you know, those moments where you just say, oh, I feel like I know this person and now I'm seeing them on television. He's more famous to me than half of the backbench of the government. <laughs> As it should be. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Do you know there's an FAQ on the Reddit incel subreddit? <laughs> <laughs> we have to unload with that just out of the gate. There you go. It's still on the list. Oh, 
I don't think we've done Bitcoin justice, but I don't understand it. I was just freaked <laughs> out by the idea that this woman was investing in Bitcoin because she said it's the next big thing. And I hey, hey. And went, it's been around long enough for it to not be the next big anything. Hey, hang on. Do, do you want to become co-owners in a part of a Bitcoin? Jesus. <laughs> Can we rename it? Oh, like, Is like, it a living organism? I don't think so, but... <laughs> do, you, do you want to buy a Bitcoin with me? <laughs> <laughs> ludicrous proposition we've bought a bitcoin what are we doing with it i don't know um, what's it what, doing for us uh, uh, can you buy part you, of a bitcoin yeah i'm sure you can um <laughs> uh see there's not just bitcoin though there's other ones you can buy flubber dubbers you can buy litecoin or ripple or oh. eth- Ethereum, that sounds This is good. everything wrong with unregulated currencies. Um, <laughs> that's great. Do you, want to, do you want to buy a Bitcoin with me? Let's see. Let's see how much of a Bitcoin we can, we can buy. The lowest increment of Bitcoin purchase. Um, uh, okay. We'll, we'll just get the demo mode. Oh, no, you've got to make an account. You know what? I'm going to get an account. And so next time we talk... I'm going to figure this all out and so we can buy a Bitcoin. Mm. Mm. You, you, you can PayPal me some money and we'll buy a Bitcoin next time we talk. It better be like a sliver. <laughs> I'm, I'm not spending $5,000 on a Bitcoin, no. Stephen. No, <laughs> we are not. <laughs> no, but, but, but see then when you, when you go back to your friend, you can go, oh yeah, no, no, yeah I'm in on it too. And then yeah, you can I'm, like talk, talk the lingo. I put the, the, I put the verse in risk averse. <laughs> you, you know you know you want one I mean you wouldn't have bought it up if you didn't want a bitcoin you know you want one look you I will get into so. this stupid malarkey because you want me to but I don't want a bitcoin unless that bitcoin can transform <laughs> into a house and magically fly here I'm not sure it's going to do me any good uh, hang on uh Bitcoin is at, here we go here we go here we go. Bitcoin is at an all time high, but is it about to self destruct? Perfect time to buy in, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, buy in at the all time high. Now, who ever made financial <laughs> recommendations to buy in when the cycle is on a high? Uh, let's see how to buy Bitcoin. Oh, here we go. Oh, look, it, it's ooh, so many options, right? Confusing. It's the, yeah. It, oh, here there's a there's a Bitcoin Australian exchange. All right, I'm, I I am going to get all this detail, Stephen, so that next time we talk, we can buy a Bitcoin. Can you hear my heart sinking? <laughs> you, hang on. Uh, let's see. What if we put in? Oh, the minimum order for a Bitcoin fifty bucks. Jesus. And that does get you point zero zero eight of a Bitcoin. <laughs> So we get what, 0.8%? Yeah, something like that, of a Bitcoin. Like, it's like a tenth. <laughs> but, but yeah, but like, you know, we'll, mate, we will be part of a modern digital economy. You know what will be amazing, Dave, is that we'll get a Bitcoin and one of two things, one of three things what? will happen. Absolutely nothing. The price of Bitcoin will shoot through the roof and that $50 investment will be worth, I don't know. $60? Yes. <laughs> or... Um, it will fall through the floor and that $50 investment will be worth five cents and it will never, ever recover. 
What's your point? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I want, if, if I have any influence in the world of Bitcoin, the only reason I would want to buy in is to burn it to the ground. Oh, well, hang on. Well, do, do you want to get, do you want to buy Ethereum instead? Oh, it sounds like you are saying currencies from a computer game. <laughs> it kind of is, isn't it? Uh, Let's buy uh, seven Wubba Lubba Dub Dubs. <laughs> you wouldn't have bought it up if you didn't want to. You want to be one of the cool kids. I don't want, I only bought it up because it freaks me out. Wait, who was it that said you should do something that scares you every day? This can be the thing that scares you. Someone who was dulled to their sense of fear. That's who said that. Uh, look, you can buy Ripple. We could buy Ripples are only like 15 cents each. Because Ripples are passing. Ripples don't exist. They only occur when someone drops a rock in the water and the thing that travels out that's there for a moment and vanishes is a Ripple. But we could buy into them much cheaper. Like, th- Stephen, think of it this way, right? Think of how far our 50 bucks would go if we buy Ripples instead of Bitcoin. Oh. Or what we need to do, Dave, as all good financial investment would tell us, and look, I want to put it on record, I'm not a financial advisor, seek your advice elsewhere, is that we should um, spread our investment across all the available digital currencies so as to make sure we get the best value out of all of them while making sure we capitalize our investment while not um, falling prey to any one uh, investment uh, being devalued inappropriately. Right. So what you're saying is we should buy Bitcoin and Ethereum and Ripple and Litecoin. That's my understanding, Dave. (laughs) That's the way it works. What else can you buy on here? Oh, look, you can actually just buy real, buy real currencies on here, Steve. I don't know how that works either. <laughs> Except that you can actually spend those real currencies. Well, you, well, you can. Well, well you know, <laughs> speak, speak, well, you know, look, I don't like to brag, but I am actually a current currency speculator, Stephen, because in my wallet, and, and I'm getting it out for you right now, which is, Please. of course, useful, because it's not like, actually like we're having a, a video conversation here, but in, in my, uh, my wallet, um, here we go. I actually do have some banknotes from the National Bank of Cambodia. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I have uh, some of those in a, in a plastic bag. Um, well, I, I, always, I, I like to keep these ones in my wallet because uh, I'm very sentimental. Um, and, and these are worth... Uh, uh, you know what? I, I, can, I can't even remember the name of the currency in Cambodia now. I've just completely blanked on it. But the, the, these are like... 100 thingy notes. I think it starts with an R. Anyway. Uh, Rupiah. Yeah. Thank you. Is it? No. Did, did you look that up? No. I'm oh. making it up. Oh, I, don't think, I, don't, I don't think it's Rupiah. Uh, it is. It's the real. That's it. Right. So I've got 200 real here, right? Um, which is pretty, you know, pretty handy, um, given that I think uh, the real to US dollars, I think it's about uh, four thousand real to one US dollar. So oh <laughs> having two hundred real in my wallet is going to take me a long, long way. So mm. there you go. I am actually a currency speculator. I am just waiting for the day that there, there's a revaluation of the Cambodian real against the uh, American dollar 
Um, and, you know, it, it, it could go up from being worth, you know, two and a half cents or five, actually five cents. I've got about five cents here. Uh, it, it could go from that to maybe whew, six or seven. Uh, and, and if you think about that as a percentage, that's a pretty big increase. <laughs> I just can't even, Dave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to sign up for one of the. I am so. We are so buying a Bitcoin together. Well, it's just taking our relationship to a whole other level. I haven't, well, even, uh, I haven't bought I mean, shares with my wife. I mean, I, 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 I'd like to buy a holiday house with you, you know, like that, you know. Yeah. But, but I can't afford a holiday house. <laughs> Let's let the Bitcoin do the work for us. <laughs> exactly. Our, our, our 0.008 something, something, something Bitcoins. <laughs> can you imagine? Can you imagine the check-ins that will happen on this now? Whenever we catch up, what's the latest value of our, our Bitcoin? Where are we at? <laughs> Our fifty dollars has turned into fifty dollars and seventy two cents. It's turned into forty nine dollars. What? Uh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I have to go and do some research now, Stephen. Oh, Dave. Godspeed. <laughs> Goodbye, Steve Mock. I love you. Goodbye, Dave. I love you too.